Hey folks, we got a great one today. We got Tracy here with Cicada and we're talking about a new way of farming. You heard me, a new way of farming, a new way of growing your own food that you got to, you got to listen to because this is extremely interesting stuff. And then after that, Tracy's going to give us a quick fire recommendations on what you should plant for your fall planting. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the internet where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, man, let's, let's dig in here. Okay. CEA, Tracy. Yeah, so tell me how you heard about this first of all. I heard about this actually from y'all. Oh, really? Oh, I was reading, I was reading some stuff from Cicada and I actually run across this and I said, man, this is, is CEA, interesting. right? it, which is Controlled Environmental Agriculture. Right. And I dug into it, and I was like, man, I had no idea. Yeah. So tell us what CEA Controlled Environment Environment is it environment, environment environment Controlled Environment and Controlled Environment yep. Agriculture, which is self-explanatory, right? Yep. You're you're bringing uh, traditional field agriculture indoors, mm -hmm. and it can be in many different forms. Um, it, it's basically anything that's inside and controlled. So you're controlling as many of the elements that you can um, when growing a product. And typically right now, it's for a lot of salad greens mm -hmm. um, to make those salad mixes that we like to buy in the grocery store. Um, it's really big in tomatoes too. A lot of your cherry and grape tomatoes that you buy in the grocery store now are um, grown this way. Cucumbers. Cucumbers. Um, they're getting strawberries. Mm -hmm. It's becoming really big. So there's it's it's growing in yep. in the crops. But um, it's quite interesting, and we've been delving into it more and more the past few years. So here in Middle Georgia, around Warner Robins, is this huge facility. These facilities are popping up everywhere. They are. Florida, Georgia, everywhere, and it's acres and acres and acres of greenhouse. And these mm -hmm. greenhouses are used to grow tomatoes and cucumbers in year round. Year round. Yeah, 365 you, days a year, that's a lot of times 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you mentioned that they're popping up mostly around urban centers because the key thing that really made these, you know, people look at these and invest in them is trying to get um, produce that's more local, mm -hmm. reduce the transportation costs, and have traceability of where your product comes from. So that's really pushed in the past few years, these things growing. And you can contribute. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but you can control the the food safety on there a, little, a lot better with these controlled Exactly. A lot of times, a lot of these facilities are no-touch. Right. Robots. Wow. Yeah, robots. <laughs> and you was scary, but that's where we're going. <laughs> just get talk about the economics a little bit. Yeah. We was talking about before the show here. Yeah. And a lot of this money is coming out of Silicon Valley. It this is. is venture capitalist money pushing this agenda and i'm not saying i use agenda loosely they're yeah. pushing this movement throughout so it's kind of a thing that, that they're they're moving out and trying to make work they are they see this as sort of the future that we have we're going to have more and more people to fill to feed you know we're going to have more and more issues with electricity with water with diseases with transportation supply chain that we're seeing now mm -hmm. so this is sort of like we want to it's not a move to take over traditional agriculture. It's a move to provide alternatives and to have a, a portion of the market that will, you know, that will offer this alternative. Right. So, and, but the, the venture capitalists, as you mentioned, um, they put a lot of money into this. So the key now, this is still early days. So the key in the next three to five years 
is to see who can make this profitable. There are some people already making it profitable, but it's about making the numbers work and then having a good product. Mm -hmm. So I buy it. You probably buy it at the grocery store right now. Yep. You have uh, clamshells of mm -hmm. the lettuce mixes that you buy, mm -hmm. and you've got ones that are CEA grown right mm -hmm. next to ones that are field grown in the grocery store. Right. And you can read the label and tell, but otherwise, you know, you're looking at the same product. Well, it's the same thing that we do as we grow our own food on these light kits. Yeah. We've talked about growing baby lettuces. We grow baby lettuces on these light kits year round. We're growing microgreens year round. Yeah. So it's the same same exact thing, just done on a commercial level. It is. It is. And at that, you're, you have controlled environment agriculture things in, that you offer um, through your website. Um, like you mentioned, the kitchen garden set. Mm -hmm. So it's taking those lights. It's growing like lettuces to a baby stage or tiny small toma uh, tomatoes like the little birdies, right? Yep. So it's that, you know, times a thousand of these things. Right, right. In a warehouse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's tell us a couple of examples of, of farms that are doing this right here. Yeah, so as I mentioned, it, it the controlled environment agriculture name, umbrella, really um, has under it quite a few different growing methods. So it can include... Um, greenhouses under glass, you know, growing where it's still controlled because it's indoors, but you're still getting natural light and it's done on like hydroponic ponds or systems, you know, with hydroponic, you know, there's like fancy names for all these different types of systems that they all have. But um, Revel Greens is an example mm -hmm. of um, one that's really growing. They've got a giant Midwest facility. They just uh, opened another one out in the West and now they're looking down in Texas as well. Um, so they grow under glass in hydroponic ponds. So they're strictly hydroponic. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. this controlled environmental agriculture is soil-based and hydroponics. It is. Okay. So, so there are some that, like, a lot of the tomato growers will uh -huh. um, use, the, the tomatoes will be in, like, bags of mm -hmm. soil. Um, so, yeah, it runs the gamut. And then some, there's not water or soil. So um, some grow aeroponically. So vertical farms will often do this. So vertical farms are also indoors, but they're enclosed in buildings with no windows. And it's stacks and stacks and stacks of plants and trays or in, in really robotic systems that may have soil, may not. They may just be on um, like styrofoam planes where the roots are growing out and then are just misted. So aero farms is an example of a vertical farm that grows like that. So it's just um, misting the, the roots and they're in nothing. And then you just cut the tops with the lettuce mixes and you have a clean product. With well, the Sarah farms, they're the ones that really use a lot of the robotics. Yes, they? yeah. So vertical farms <clears throat> that are indoors and with all of the lighting systems that are truly growing 24 seven, 365, that's a lot of technology involved, yeah. But they, they are able to control, like think about it, you can control the temperature, mm -hmm. you can control the humidity, mm -hmm. you know, the water, the everything. Insects. Insects, diseases. Disease. And think about, we breed, right? We breed so that these plants don't have the diseases that people will encounter in the field. Mm -hmm. Well, we really have to rethink this because now, you know, these guys don't care about that. Right. They could care less how many races of diseases that this particular spinach may have or, or not have. Doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> wow. So the benefits of this is, if we think about it, okay, so we're able to eat fresher foods, yep. 
because we have that supply and it's closer to us right. because the movie is to have these farms closer to big population areas. Exactly. So there's not a lot of transportation moving there because we know since COVID hit, transportation is a big issue. Huge. Huge issue. So we don't yeah. have that thing to, to deal with anymore is moving our food. Mm -hmm. So you and I are able to eat fresher foods yes. more often, 365 days out of the year. Right, right. And like you said, if it's apparent at any time, it's been lately. Mm -hmm. and, and even specifically, you know, I hear I hear horror stories with lettuce and salad greens, right? Being trucked from California to here. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, those prices in the grocery store, I'm sure you've noticed, you know, uh, three heads of romaine used to be three ninety nine, mm -hmm. now it's eight ninety nine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things with controlled environment agriculture that they're really having to work on is like we say, getting it profitable, making the cost work. So in the beginning you would see the cost of that type of product up here, the cost of a field grown lettuce coming from you know California down here. Transportation costs, these guys working on their methods has you know really evened the playing ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's attainable now for a lot more people. Are you seeing any small players out there or all? Yes. You are? Yeah. These are not just massive companies. They're with not. Huge amounts of cash from venture capital. It is, it is amazing. I mean, we've really, like I said, we've delved into this the past few years. And they run the gamut from a half acre to 500 acres worth of growing and space. And you know, I know this because I see it. There is a small percentage of people out there that may be one or two man operations running Absolutely. small microgreen operations. Yeah, microgreens is, yep. is in this envelope as well. Right. And um, yeah, we've got some guys doing some very small but very profitable. Off pro microgreens has been an extremely profitable business. Mm -hmm. But again, something you can do at home as well. Yep. A few little things there that you got to get figured out. You got to get your moisture figured out and you got to get your air circulation and all that. Because yes. you, your biggest component there is mold. That's yes. your biggest enemy. Yes. So once you get that figured out, man, you could just pump those things. What well, we can cook microgreens in 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. So think about a 10 day turnaround. Like right. And these baby greens for lettuces. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I like the baby size. Green. I do too. I, mean, I like to go in and cut and cut and cut, which you can do in the backyard. Mm -hmm. But even homeowners can do this, like with your light kits that we mm -hmm. talked about. You can do what these controlled environment agriculture companies are doing in your own house as well. On baby greens, what do you think? Around 21 days? Yep. We're seeing 18 to 24 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've done a good bit of research with that with our grow light kits, and it seems to be like 21 days is the magic number that yeah. we're starting to cut these. And we cut them two to three times. Oh, yeah. And be done with it, move on. And mix it up, too. It's yeah. not just lettuce. <clears throat> so you're talking about lettuce, arugula. I had, yeah. I had if he watches this, I had my yeah. brother in law call me the other day. He's like, All right, have you seen the price of arugula in the grocery store? Yeah. Yes. He goes, uh, I need some arugula seed. I'm yeah. going to start growing my own indoors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, so what we've been doing is we grow uh, arugula. We may grow one flat of that with two to three flats of something else because you don't take a lot there of it in yep. there to mix it in. kind of spices it up a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. We've been doing it for, we going, I'll be honest with everybody, you know, we don't do it religiously like we should all the time. We try to keep a flat or two growing all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. But if you really wanted to grow most of your own food, if you sat down and stayed on a strict schedule, yeah. You could grow all your greens inside a little Absolutely. small setup there year you round. Could. Yep. So. Yeah, you're so. right. You just have to be consistent. So yep. you know, every ten days or so. Right. And you could just 
have salad. Yep, all the time. All the time. So if there's anybody out there that's interested in this type of agriculture, Sakata and Tracy here has done a wonderful job setting up this guide. It's Sakata's quick and profitable master guide to controlled environment agriculture. And we're gonna put a link up there so that you can find this right here, but it has all different kind of things in there, showing the benefits and the things you should look out for and the varieties. And the varieties, yep. It's a lot more than lettuce. Did you put this together? That's it. Oh, that's well, pretty good. Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you was responsible for the meat and potatoes, there, I guess. Yeah. I, I, it took me probably an hour. I stayed digging in there on it. It's really interesting. It's fun. It's yep. interesting when you can see how many different things you can actually grow besides lettuce to go with lettuce. Salatra. And things you would never think of. Yep. Collards, yep. bok choy oh, yeah. as baby leaf yep. for a salad. Yep. It's good. Yep. Beets. <laughs> Beet greens. Beet greens, yep. yeah. Swiss chard greens. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something we did this year. This is getting off the subject a little bit. <laughs> Have you ever had sweet potato greens? No. Well, you don't know what you're missing out on. Really? I have always heard of it because it's an Asian I've thing. I've never heard of it. Oh, man. It's probably the best stir-fry I've ever had. Really? So you take the sweet potato greens and yeah. stir-fry. At a certain stage? We did. Or we just that matter? We just did, whenever? We just went, we know got them whenever. We just get the leaves because, you know, sweet potato's yeah, got a big leaf. Long, yeah. Just take the leaves out. We didn't trim the veins out or anything. Uh -huh. We just cut them close. Wow. Huh. And saute them. Uh, saute them. Well, that's neat. Off the Chain. All right, I'll try it. Yep. <laughs> All right, so as we promised you, Tracy is going to do a quick, quick and dirty. <laughs> quick and dirty. My favorites, right? Uh, favorites and why they are your favorites for fall planting because okay. now is the time, especially you guys in zone eight, you need to be getting them into your seed starting trays. And if you're going to plant in ground, then you tell me what you think here. I like to do my in ground fall planting, such as turnips and mustard, things like that, mm -hmm. first of October. Yes, I just ordered my seed. Yep. So I can prepare. So yep. it is time. Yep. Cool. Yep. So am I just going to quick fire this? Yep. yep. Beets. All right. You know my favorite beet. Yep. What's my favorite beet? Merlin. Merlin is my favorite beet. If you don't like beets, try this one anyway. This beet is like candy 16% bricks. Mm -hmm. The sweetest beet you will find anywhere. Gorgeous. Just. Now, is Merlin, is it a monogerm? Um, or a multi-germ? A multi-germ. Okay. Yeah. What you have is a multi-germ. So it is a great one to plant direct seed. Some yes. people actually do transplant beets. Really? Yeah. Believe it or not. I'm, I'm not bothered. one of them. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. But some people do that. I prefer to plant them in the ground. Yeah. Because they're really tender. They're yeah. really hard when the tree. Yeah. They don't really like to be transplanted. Yeah. So it's better to just take yep. it easy and direct and, seed. And that is a great one yeah. right there, Merlin. Yeah. So um, broccoli, green magic. Green magic. No matter who you are, mm -hmm. no matter I'm what your condition. I'm planting my second crop today. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is it is an everybody's broccoli. You will get a good broccoli, mm -hmm. and that's why I like it. You just yep. don't have to worry about it. The other big thing is you can do it in fall, mm -hmm. and you can do it in spring. Mm -hmm. A lot of broccoli, you have to be careful. It might just be good for one or the other. Mm -hmm. so green you know, magic green magic is not the one that's probably the sexiest one out of the whole bunch. No, no. But it's the tried and true. If you want to yes. grow one broccoli and exactly. you don't care what time it is, that's the one yeah. to grow. I grow that one because despite what I do, <laughs> I can be lazy in my yep. own garden yep. and I don't have to worry about it. Yep. Uh, cabbage. Yep. Bobcat. Bobcat. It's an older one. Mm -hmm. But again, why do I like it? It is sweet. Mm -hmm. I love the flavor. There's a lot of cabbages that are newer, but a lot of times they've been bred for things for big farmers to worry mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Bobcat tastes really good. 
The other thing I like about it is not overwhelming. So it's a four to six pound head. Which is all we really need for so a two to three all you need. I mean, if yeah. you're going to cut up a whole cabbage, yeah. like what are you going to do with that? Right. Except make 10 things of soup. Right. Like you need a manageable cabbage. So right. I like Bobcat. Yeah. Uh, Chinese cabbage. Mm-hmm. China Star. China Star. So have you ever grown Chinese cabbage? I, mean, I have. Okay. I, have. I mean, I love it because of the texture of the leaves. Mm -hmm. um, and again, China Star is, it's slow to bolt because mm -hmm. some Chinese cabbages can bolt around here, especially. Yep. So it's good to have one that's really bolt tolerant. Um, it's 70 days, so that's pretty early too. Right. But I like the texture and I really like chopping it up. Well, I love Asian food, so mm -hmm. it's really nice for Matisse, sure. Matisse, you may not know. Yeah. Chinese cabbage is a great trap crop. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh, I wonder but why. The worms and the insects love oh, it. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. will go to it and leave some of your other that things alone. Yep. That is true. That is true. The worms do love it. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I have a really good egg roll recipe, and I love making oh, uh, yeah. the Chinese yep. Um Collards. We can't go without collards. Gotta have so, some collards. Top Munch 2.0 yep. is the standby. Um, you know, when I picked collards when I was young with my grandfather, mm -hmm. One plant took up a 30-gallon black garbage bag. Mm -hmm. Well, I need something a little more easy to handle. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like Tough Punch 2.0. It's like straight, upright. You cut it once. Mm -hmm. It's one big, full, armful mm -hmm. that you can deal with a little better. Now, rumor says there's yeah. a little bit of a tight seed, seed shortage on Top Bunch. That is true. Okay. But you're always think ahead, so mm -hmm. you should be okay, right? Right. That's right. <laughs> right. But they could be a little bit of a tightening on, on collars. Yeah, that's okay. true. That happened a couple years ago. Right. And it's happening again this okay. year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's across the board. Right. So get your collars early, basically. Yeah. Um, kohlrabi. That's a mm -hmm. different one. Quick Star yeah. is my favorite. I grew it last year. Did you? Mm -hmm. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. I was amazed how much quicker it was. I grew up a size. Conan, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, uh -huh. I grew up beside that, yeah. which is good because yeah. I had a crop come in and then I had another, another crop one. Yeah. behind that. That quick star, man, what? It's quick. It's like 35 days. days. Oh, yeah. it was. It's it was crazy. Like, boom. You're like, wait, is that right? Now, do you yeah. always transplant that? I do. I yeah, do that too. one's easier. You know yeah. what uh, quick star is good for also is microgreens. Really? Kohlrabi microgreens are amazing. Hmm. So, a lot of people also have never even had kohlrabi. I love it in slaw. I, I do too. That's how you like it too. Mm -hmm. Um, but in matchsticks, too, to, like, put with, like, carrots and stuff, it's really good. Never thought about that. Yeah. So, lettuce. Okay, we could have three shows about lettuce. Oh, so, lettuce, before yeah. you start. I like to put lettuce in a row in front of, like, my ornamental flowers mm -hmm. just because it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. um, endless. A couple of good standbys for here are um, uh, Red Tide. Mm-hmm which is like a buttery leaf lettuce. Mm -hmm. So pretty lettuce. But it's very ornamental. Yep. And it really, it's like, it's one of the best sellers all over the U.S. Again, mm -hmm. it's sort of like Green Magic Broccoli. It just, it'll do perfect for everybody. And that's also a good baby green one. Really, it is a good yep. baby green one. Yep. As is, so Braveheart is the other one, mm -hmm. um, Romaine. Right. It's really upright, really full, mm -hmm. but it's fast, and it really takes heat, so it's great around here. Okay. Um, it's also good, though, for baby leaf. Hmm. So you can get your head of romaine, or you can have your little baby leaves. I, I'm a big romaine fan. I, I love, love romaine. romaine I could eat romaine every day. Yep. Uh, pak choy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, joy choy has sort of always been the standard big pak choy. I like the little ones. So you have one called thing, thing king choy. Mm -hmm. Hard to say. Or, yeah. So... It's small. So when you go to the grocery store, 
they sell now mostly if you're going to buy a pot choy, it's like a bag. Right. And the bag's got like four to six little pot choys in it. Mm -hmm. I love those because then you don't have to use a whole one right. at one time. And you can just throw a couple of them, you know, in the pan and saute them. Yep. And use them whole. Just cut them in half or grill them. They're really good grill them in half. Mm. So I like those mini ones like that. Um, radish. So I'm old school when it comes to radish. There's tons of nice, pretty, perfect hybrid radishes out there. I like Easter egg. Like, it's beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. why would you want plain little round red balls when you can have Easter right. egg? I just think it's beautiful. So it's white, pink, red. Yeah. It's just as easy. It's just as tasty. So somebody taught me how to eat radishes recently. How do really? you eat them? We slice them up just like everybody else does. Yeah. yeah. I do too, raw. But put them with a little bit of softened butter and coarse salt. Hmm. I was like, well, that just sounds weird and fancy. And I tried it and it was delicious. I mean, really? butter. Yeah. But try it. Butter and salt on your raw cat on your raw radishes. I will. All right. You know, radishes are some every beginner garden should grow. Oh, yeah. Easy Perfect thing grow. to start with kids, right? When you yep. say, how do you get your kids just to grow things? Radishes. Start with radish. Why? Yep. 21 days, they'll see something that they grew themselves. Yep. So, a uh, couple more. Okay, so turnip. You're a greens person or a roots person? Uh, don't like the roots. Okay, so I don't like the I don't like either one really. But yeah. I, I like the tops. <laughs> yeah. So all top if you like the tops, yep. all top is the best because it's going to put all its energy into the tops. Yep. And you can cut it again and again. That's the one I grow every year. All yeah. top. Um, I mean, you know, the roots are just the old-fashioned root type. Mm -hmm. But if you want the tops, which is, seems to be more popular now, yep. all top is yep. good. Um, I have a couple more um, to mention. Kale. So Blue Ridge kale. Is really get great as a baby green. You'll see it in the in the CEA guide. I did not know that. Um, it's really neat as a baby green. Um, but as the full grown kale, of course, you know you can treat it just like everyone else. A really good performer. Um, and then something else to remember for this time of year is you can still grow herbs. In fact, several herbs prefer the cooler weather. So you think I? Well, a lot of people think about herbs as a summer crop. But um, cilantro in particular. It cilantro does a Santa lot better in cool weather. a lot better in the fall yep. and spring. Dill. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like dill bouquet is another one that is uh, much more acclimated to the fall. And then parsley. So flat leaf Italian parsley. Mm -hmm. um, so I always wait to do my fall plantings for those three herbs. Oh, I'm not a big parsley guy. Really? I should do more than that. Yeah, well, just have a garnish. I'm not, well, I wasn't because it was always that curly type. Yeah. It's, it's the garnish, yeah. right? But the flat parsley, I use it on... A lot now, because mm -hmm. it's it's got way more oils, mm -hmm. and um, it's very refreshing. What about mustards? So mustards are good now. Savannah is a good one. Um, Savannah. Savannah, and I tell people about Savannah all the time. It's got it's a, not a true mustard. It's not. It's not. It's a cross. A cross. With something else. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes yep. more sense. I didn't realize that. Yep. So that's why it's the, a little bit different. Taste I was wondering why the shape of the leaf was like that's it was. Why. Yep. But it's a lot smoother. So I tell people mm -hmm. if you're not a big fan of regular mustards, you got to try Savannah because it's a lot smoother. That's exactly right. In fact, you've chosen why. I'm going to go back to the CEA for a minute. Some of these big growers are loving Savannah as a baby leaf to put with their salads. Because, because of that little, different flavor. Wow. Yep. That would be interesting. Yeah. So grow your little Savannah mustard to put in with your salad. Mm -hmm. Kind of kick it up a notch. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Cool. So 
That's all I got. That's it. Rapid that fire. was good. Okay. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, every week on the show, we have the old goat on the show. Yes. I learned the hard way one yep. time by giving the secret away. So yep. I am not doing that this time. So we got to draw on the old goat there. And if you find the old goat on the set here, in the comments below, put that, put the, where you found the old goat at. And then the following week, we would do a drawing as we're fixed to do now. And we will send you some coveted horse merchandise. And do Tracy, I'm going to give you the pleasure. Okay. Of Don't be mad at me. Okay. Who is the winner? Oklahoma Chris. That's <laughs> an easy name. I always get these names I can't pronounce. Oklahoma Chris. So Oklahoma Chris Send us your shipping address, and we will get you something really nice in the mail. Nice. Yep. Do you have a joke for me? A what? A joke. I do. Okay. I do have a joke. <laughs> Today's corny joke day, isn't it? I was going to save it, but I'm going to go ahead and hit no, you with sorry. a corny joke there. <laughs> I'm not going to know it, but... Okay, how do you cheer up a sweet potato? I want to get one of these one day. Yeah. I don't know. You got to butter them up. Ah! <laughs> And poor radish. I your poor radish, radish butter yeah. <laughs> we also got garden spotlight. This is something we just started doing not too long ago. So John Bain, uh, Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Bell Buckle, Tennessee. That's a wonderful name in it. Sent us some pictures of his garden. Oh. And he is in zone seven. Let's take a look at here. Tim, look at his tomatoes right there. Oh, wow. Yep. Does he trellis these up then? Yeah, it looks like. So look at these pictures right here. Wow. And, uh, he prunes them. Look how he prunes them up. Let's get that's a lot of yep. nice work. Yep. And I'm assuming that's an indeterminate top that yeah. he has pruned yep. up. Mm -hmm. It's a good looking garden there, John. John's his own seven. Got some corn growing there, but it looks like the mud may be his main crop. Yeah. He used some uh, metal fence posts there to, to keep on. So that. that's that's nice because he's I would imagine um he's gonna get less disease. There's yep. a lot better airflow there. Yep. And uh, he's probably going to get more picks like that, too. Yep. So that's that's a good way to do it. Yep. A lot of commercial guys sometimes do that for that reason. Oh, yeah. 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 Good job. All right. So also, we got strawberry plants. We still got a few left. Go ahead and go to our website, check out our strawberry plants, and get them ordered. Chandler variety. Are you familiar with Chandler strawberry? Oh, yes. I love Chandler. You know, oh, to I me. I used to grow that when I was... Down in South Carolina, yeah. That's the sweetest strawberry to me. Yep. And we got Chandler strawberries. Took out a few for sale though, so go get those on pre-sale. We will be mm -hmm. shipping those out before you know it. So, all right, see what else we got here. We got the old goat drawn. We got the garden spotlight. We got the strawberries. Sounds like it's pretty much it. That's it. We got you all information you need today on controlled environment agriculture something you're probably not aware of we thought we would bring it to you it's very interesting to me and then you got those quick fire varieties of what you need to plant for your fall planting when in zone seven with you you're already ahead of the game a little bit no so i i will be planting yeah i will be planting october 1st actually really as well yeah, yeah. that's when i that's yeah. when i that's my i mean i order my seeds because i like to sit there and go right, through them and right, really do a lot right. of planting but yep Cool. Thank y'all for joining us. Now it's time for you to get off that couch and get dirty. <laughs>